Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Kirsten in that they're London, and this is my twit to woody dum. This is Dumby Dum, the show about the reality docudrama drama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the Americano with an extra shot, who is Royfield Brown. And with me, I have Kate's Green Tea, who is... Philippa Hall. And the last part of the Leftover Buffet, folks, is you, our lovely listeners. This week's Dumby Dum is from Kirsten. I tell you what, right, Philippa, just very quickly. Until mm-hmm. I came to California, I didn't know there was big beef between the Kirstens and the Kristens. <laughs> Big beef. No, I, I kid you not. I kid you not. Like, they get really upset. If you call a Kristen a Kirsten, a Kirsten a Kristen, they get really upset and say, oh, my God, do, can you not hear my name? I've fallen foul of this on numerous occasions. A lot of Christians and Kirstens in California. Anyway, moving swiftly on. Please, folks, write us a review on iTunes. It's one way of supporting this podcast. And... I put out a little tweet today uh, saying join us on Clubhouse. Clubhouse is a new social audio media platform and I think we're going to play around with it, us dumby dums. So go onto Twitter, there's a link there. Go onto Facebook, there's a link there. If you just go onto Clubhouse full stop, sign up for that and then find dumby dum on there. Go join up, Philippa. Yes. You all right? I'm fine. (laughs) On this week's episode, here views from Jane, Witherspoon, Helen, Ian, Ali, Sue, Lee, Melly, and Isabel. And we have emails from Pat, the lovely Pat in Leeds, Annie, and Lillian. Ooh, I like me some Lillian. 
Don't mess around with our Lillian, does she? <laughs> I was waiting for you to ask me about my week, and then you've gone on to the lovely caller in So I'm just, I'm just sitting here oh, okay. waiting oh, right. to you, be directed. You're waiting. You're waiting. You, you've got your anecdotes all lined up. I've got my Philippa. trauma to share. To be honest, oh, that, Philippa, that's what it Philippa. is. Philippa. Yeah. How's your week, Roy Philippa? <laughs> Funny you should ask me that, Royfield. It has been fraught today. We have Ooh. a girl who, a daughter who is has started her GCSE exams today. Just a week ago, the school said, oh, actually, these assessments that we said weren't important. Actually, we've decided they're very, very important. And so today was the first day. And I think the summary is not gone terribly well. So I've been administering hugs and cuddles and drying tears before coming to talk to you. So, yes, quite a day. But I have to ask you, how have you got on? Because I'm pretty certain you've been doing some dancing lately, Royfield, on video. Oh, tell you what, right, went out on Saturday, heard live music indoors mm. for the first time in, whew, what, 15 months? <laughs> as my dad would say, as Jamaicans say, I dropped foot. I'm telling you, I was off. Anyway, great <laughs> band, great little jazz band, a little, little, little trio. Their drummer was unreal. His name was Anton. And so Anton was drumming. Then some dude on a six-fingered electric bass what, what, what am I talking about? Six-stringed, six-stringed electric <laughs> bass. And they were just so good. And I decided to show the young pups there how us middle-aged men did it <laughs> on the dance floor. Murdered it, murdered it, I did. So that, that was just utterly lovely, just to hear live music and just to be out and just to be able to uh, spin around on the dance floor. So that's one of the things I did this week, apart from Lashing's copious amount of Clubhouse. There you go, and just just whilst whilst we're on that, and there is a little note, there is a little call about Clubhouse later on. But uh, Duncan from Stockholm is a dumdy dumber who's found his way into Clubhouse. Big shout outs to you, Duncan in Stockholm. He's a rather lovely man. So there you go, folks. That's all your preamble because we have a show which is packed to the gills. Packed, I tell you. Mm. Mm. All right, so let's have a little bit of it. Oh, no, no, before we do that, uh, you've got to go through and, and give give everybody, you know, the rules of how they can contribute to said show. So over to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. So if you would like to sing or play as a dum-de-dum or leave us a plot prediction, then leave a message on SpeakPipe, which you can find on the dumdedum.com website, or you can leave a WhatsApp voice note or text message to 079 571 67696, which, of course, has a plus 44 at the front if you're outside the UK. Please make sure that the message is no more than two minutes long. Oh, Royfield, if someone wants to send an email, how can they do that? What they do, they go to dumdedum.com, uh, search on menu, hit contact us, and uh, then pen, they can then pen their missive that way. Great. Hello, Ambridge 3962. First off, top of the shop, it's Isabel. Hi, so this week's been like an all over the place week this week. Chris, I'm not sure if he's coping very well. Well, no worse than Alice, anyway. Speaking of Alice, I reckon she's not coping very well either. 
But on Tuesday, when she said getting some rest, I was really worried. Like Thursday wasn't as much of a hard listen as Tuesday. Brian and Jennifer. I think Jennifer's been really supportive and Brian just doesn't want to face reality. On my first call, I said that Brian and Jennifer were total snobs and probably won't give Alice any support. Well, looks like I was wrong about Jennifer. Emma. Well, I'm glad that she went over to Brian and Jennifer's on Wednesday, but kind of think she maybe went a bit too far with the emotionally vacant losers. Rory and Alice. I think that was a very like interesting conversation. I mean, I've never really heard Rory talk to his sisters like that. I like the bit where it said, uh, if Martha says in 15 years, oh, mum, I hate you, send her to me. That kind of, like, made me smile. (laughs) Joy and Elizabeth. I think they're becoming very good friends. And, you know, when Joyce was talking about, you know, what she was like in that scene, you know, like, years ago, I was wondering, did Joy go through depression? One more thing. On this week's Dum De Dum, well, last week's listen, I suppose, <laughs> I think it was Rosie, or Philippa, said, um, oh, lots of people probably don't like the sound of their own voices. And that is so true. Honestly, I don't know why I do this. I mean, I've got the voice of a 12-year-old and I'm 15. <laughs> yeah, so someone remind me, why do I do this? <laughs> anyway, that's all I've got to say. Bye. Thank you very much, Isabel. A lot, a lot to cover. Yes, I think it's it's wonderful that Joy and Lizzie have become friends, or hopefully they have they have been. And it was good to see them cover the issue of loneliness during lockdown, and clearly it's affected Joy as well. Um, I loved Joy and Rory this week. They they were just the two lovely souls. I think in this week, which was just wonderful to hear. And when Em just went for the kill with you know emotionally vacant losers, I just thought that was classic. And well, I feel really I'm expecting that to be available on a t-shirt on the Dum De Dum website at any moment. Is that possible? It's very possible, not very likely, but it's very possible. <laughs> when you say like immediately, can you define that? Um, I'm going to give you three minutes. Come on, you're very good. You've got yeah, well, initiative. That, that, well, if you want this podcast to run smoothly, can't do that for you. However, it was a good line. And I just overall really loved last week in Ambridge. Utterly did, utterly did. Mm. Though, though, for me, there was a bit of a jump cut between the goings on of the week before and then Monday's episode. I feel that we kind of missed something there. And we know that the script writers do like to play with us in, in this regard. So we had to work a whole load of things out and still by the end of the week I wasn't quite sure because I thought that everybody had heard the big blow up but yes. they hadn't they hadn't you know they knew something well, had gone on but they didn't hear all the actual goings on did they I think they heard quite a lot of it because the gossip was all round Ambridge about Alice and, and Harrison and jumping to the wrong conclusions about that the only ones who didn't seem to accurately know what was said was Brian and Jennifer I think well yeah and I don't and I just presume that everybody heard about the alcoholism but 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 they didn't but but anyway anyway there are other caller inners who mm-hmm. will uh, opine on this weighty 
weighty, weighty topic. Thank you for that, Isabel. Now we go north of the border and it's, uh, it's our Melly. Good afternoon. It's Melanie Mary Weather. Um, hello to Philippa and Quentin, Rosie Porty and Roy Fields hanging about in the back bedroom with Derek, no doubt. I didn't actually listen to the omnibus today, although I've listened through the week. Usually I listen on the weekend. I now know, thank you to everybody on Facebook, that the reason I've been doing that for the last 10 plus years is by the time it gets to the Sunday, I know who's talking so I can make more sense of the story. So there you go. I actually don't want to talk about the contents of the archers today. I want to just shout out to Roy Fields, who's been talking about Clubhouse, which I only managed to get because I use Android um, a couple of days ago. I really love the Flick app, but it, of late it has just taken a turn for being not really very user-friendly. So I have taken the leap with Clubhouse and thoroughly enjoying it. It's great that just getting to hear so many people from all over the world and finding commonalities rather than differences is fantastic. And I do think it is going to be the next phase of the dum de dum community. Obviously, the Flick app has dried up. Facebook has taken off. Twitter is... I, I just can't work Twitter. Just can't work it. I commend Clubhouse to any dum-de-dummer and hopefully we can get some dum-de-dum chats going on. So thank you very much, Roy Fields. It's a thief of time and it's addictive, but I love it. Take care of everybody in dum-de-dum land and I look forward to hearing the caller in the on their take on the weekend. Bridge. Melly, that was wonderful as always. Yes, this clubhouse, I'm I'm just not sure. I haven't clicked. I, I looked at it and it's a bit like for me, it's whether to push open the door of Thornton's or not. I just think, oh no, this is it's like it's like Melly says, it's a thief of time, and that's my worry. And, you know, Twitter, Facebook is great because you can just go bob in and out. And also I'm not very I'm not very good at saying, Oh, I, I need to leave now. So I think I'd just be stuck there. Yes, and, and losing a lot of my life as a result. I don't know, Roy, for what, what do you think? I mean, I do find that if I'm trying to get hold of you and I can't, I need to go on the clubhouse to say, hello, can you answer my text message? But anyway, go on, t- tell me what you think. You love it, of course. I, I do love clubhouse. And for me, because I can't really write, this is a great social media platform. For me, it's the one which I'm most comfortable because you can just talk. And I think it's uh, self-evident that I like the sound of my own voice. So so in that regard, it's very easy. And you go on there and there are just rooms with people talking about all, all manner of things, whether it's a Palestinian-Israeli crisis through to people just, you know, talking about, well, just whatever, just utterly whatever. Mm. But what you do, what I have found is that of every social media platform that I've joined, this is the one which has been the most immersive. And I don't think it's just because I like the sound of my own voice, but it's the one which is most immersive in terms of a time suck and you actually generally making real connections because you hear people's voices and you're interacting with them. So it feels only one half of one degree removed from real life. So what I've found is in the three months or so that I've been on there, definitely in the last month, I've made real friends, real 
deep emotional friendships with people when they log on you're like oh you know it's Kathy you know Kathy's logged on yeah you have a bit of a chat and and you coalesce like a group of people so there's maybe about this about 30 or 40 people well not, not 40 20 to 30 people who I'd say are actually are my muckers on the app but but it is an extremely time intensive thing if you've got a life if you have a family I completely mm. understand that you have to be really quite wary of it. You know, this is, it's a two-way podcast. If you like podcasts, you're going to love Clubhouse and it's two-way. Like imagine you're listening to Dum Dum, but you can chime in live and say, but Brian's an ass," And then, you know, and I go, oh, no, he's not. Oh, yes, he is. You know, that is the level of it. It's a two-way podcast but do you find as a result that you're therefore spending less time talking to people who aren't on to you to you yes basically let let yeah (laughs) why is it always about you there's me talking about the fact that like the sound of my own voice and you have to bring it back i was also going to go on to your family and if you i'm just genuinely interested in whether it does impact for you on the time you spend outside of clubhouse what it's definitely impacted, and I cannot deny this, is the amount of time I spend listening to podcasts. So my audio listening of podcasts has gone down, it's crashed. Whether, it, whether I do more audio listening, I think I do. Yeah, well, I can, I can see that that has an impact, but in some ways that if um as long as you're still everyone's still listening to dum de dum oh and of course my podcast then that's fine you can drop some of the other podcasts but it's also the the interaction with other people outside of clubhouse and whether it it's just consuming you so much that yeah the the rest of the world is sort of left to one side to sob quietly in a corner <laughs> Anyway, moving on from that, Melly, uh, who is on Clubhouse, it's nice to see you on there. We've had a little bit of a natter. You're now hanging out with my posse on there. Big ups to you, Melly. But now we're moving down south from Scotland and we're going to Rotherham, probably the sexiest city in South Yorkshire. It's Helen. Hello, everybody in Dumpty Dumland. It's Helen from Rotherham here calling in after a long time of not calling in. I think that this four days a week malarkey has messed up my routine. I don't know what day it is. And I always get to like evening on a Monday or even a Tuesday morning and go, oh, I've forgotten. Um, but anyway, this morning, my lovely little boy decided that it was time to get up at a time that began with a four. Um which wasn't fun. But I thought, well, what better to do with my extra long morning than ring into Dumpty Dum? Um, so here I am. Um, firstly, thank you so much because your podcasts have got me through many a broken night, many a far too early morning. Um, so it's keeping me sane. So thank you very much. Secondly, Joy Horville. I kind of get it that you might forget to put your pants on after a life drawing class in all the excitement. But what I don't understand is how you can't realise that your commando for the rest of the day like when you go to the toilet when you're getting into your pajamas at the end of the day how do you not realize that your pants are missing my only conclusion is that she goes commando quite regularly and she'd just forgotten that that morning she hadn't gone commando i don't know um anyway also brian 
it was so painful listening to him kind of dismiss everything about Alice to Jenny, saying, oh, it's, it's fine, she'll get over it, you know, we don't need to worry. But equally, I felt really sorry for him when Emma was having a go because he genuinely didn't know. He should have picked up on a lot of cues, but he didn't. And so I just felt like, even though he was quite snobby in his reaction, he was less snobby than Kate. And I think he's probably coming to a massive realisation, which is going to really shake him up. So uh, though I don't often feel sorry for Brian, I did this week. Um, anyway, have a lovely week. And I really hope that Alice gets all the support that she needs. That's my real hope is that this is actually a, a positive and realistic storyline. Anyway, have a lovely week. Bye. Helen, that was amazing. What lovely comments. Thank you. And I do hope you get some more more sleep soon. Yeah, we'd all like Alice to, to get support. In fact, I think they all need it, the, the, everybody there. In fact, thinking about it, if Witherspoon was in Ambridge, he'd make a fortune because there are just so many people that, that need his expertise. So you are so old-fashioned. Why? Right? Have you ever heard of a, a thing called Zoom? Oh, my goodness. He Witherspoon have does to... not have to be in Ambridge, Borsitcher, or even Britain see, to be able to... You see, judging me. You're judging what I'm saying. Just because I said he's, if he was in Ambridge, he could be in Ambridge by Zoom. Anyway, yes, why on earth did Elizabeth return the underwear? I don't understand. If you'd found a pair of pants, surely you'd just think, oh, no, let's just put those in the bin. Did she wash them before she returned them? I, I don't know. I just don't even want to go there. And my question is, poor Joy didn't get the, the place on the parish council, but Bernadette did. Now, I know Bernadette is a very loyal fan of the Archers, but how she got a place on the parish council? So anyway, that was that was something else. And I did like the conversation between Elizabeth and Joy and the reference to it being Mental Health Awareness Week. If any time this is a moment to really sort of reflect on that, there is the, the website Mental Health org.uk which has lots of really helpful material it just it did make me laugh because they have to choose a theme every year and this year they've chosen the theme of nature I thought well there aren't many other themes you can choose in lockdown really you can't choose meeting all your friends you can't choose going out to the theatre or the cinema so yeah I, I did chuckle with that but uh, Royfield what did you what did you think about joy and the case of the missing underwear I think Helen makes a stunning point you know, she's full of adrenaline after stripping nude for, what, a couple of hours. And and she was the muse of Ambridge, wasn't she? She was like mm. Venus de Milo. And she radiated in that moment. So I, I kind of understand that while she was then having a, a come down from that, she forgot a knickers. But you are going to remember at some point during the day, aren't you? <laughs> you are. Unless, as Helen says, she makes a habit of this. And I just think the more we learn about Joy, the more we just love her. <laughs> yes, now, it, it, I love Joy, but it was was a little bit extraordinary that she fo forgot her underwear. I don't know. Maybe she just keeps a spare pair and a handbag. I think sensible women do, don't they? You'd know. You're a sensible woman. <laughs> Not getting involved in the conversation about the contents of my handbag, but... Um, really? Yeah. But I'll take I'll take the title sensible. Thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> Smashing. All right. Let's be I would have thought a conversation about the contents of your handbag is pretty safe territory, but it's obviously not. So all of a sudden, Philippa, uh, this has gone from just being an idle little bit of chit chat 
to something that needs proper exploration and investigation. You may already have noticed, Royfield, that I'm someone mm-hmm. who likes to prepare, perhaps over-prepare. So when I pack a handbag, I don't just, for example, I wouldn't just take one antibac gel. I'll take three in case the first one doesn't work and maybe the second one is is a bit faulty. So it's that sort of thing. So when I take a handbag of stuff, it it's so heavy, it becomes a bit of a problem. In fact, when my daughter was going to school when she was younger, I packed her bag for her with a backpack and put it on her and it was so heavy. She she fell on her back like a little turtle with her legs in the air. I, I shouldn't laugh, sorry, but there we go. So, uh, yes, I'm OTT in the packing, preparing, organising. Gotcha. Yeah. So, hmm. so, dare I say, you've got three pairs of knickers in your handbag. More than that. Three three books, three three everything. You, you, you never Wowza. know. Wowza. Three Kit Kats. Well, you know what? You know what they say, Philippa? Three is the magic number. And... On that stunning note, we will go to Jane, who's over there in Shebu, Shepherd's Bush. Hi, Jane from West London calling outside my office on a Monday morning in Twickenham. Not much flora and fauna to be seen here. Reflecting on this week's Archer's Omnibus, I was gripped by the acting and the writing. And this is feels like a culmination of a few weeks a real return to vintage archers form the one thing i wondered whether it was worth having a further discussion on is how culpable is brian and his behavior which he he did refer to this week with really quite flippantly i thought but certainly when his affair with siobhan was happening alice would have been quite young and impressionable so, yeah, how, how much is Brian's behaviour to blame on Alice's spiral with alcohol? Anyway, team, thanks for the excellent podcasts and speak soon. Oh, Jane, that was absolutely fabulous. Yes, I think it's been a brilliant week as well. The script writers are really um, pulling it out, out of the bag. How culpable is Brian? Yes, with uh, after his affair with Siobhan, I mean... Who knows, Alice was a teenager then, presumably, um, and it could have affected her so much. And um, I'm no Witherspoon, but it does seem to be about self-worth with Alice, which could have been implicated uh, by all that happened with with Brian and Siobhan. And it's interesting because Jennifer said fight a lot this week. Um, Brian said the word strong a lot. He even got the binoculars and pointed out to Jenny two strong calves. And, and I thought it was very interesting that that's, that's what they're was focused on. Was he on about on. Joy Horville while she was nude? No, he was not on about Joy Hor- Horville. Thank you very much. No, he was but just... I, I can imagine, I, though, she's got really strong calves, though. Wouldn't, wouldn't you imagine? Oh. I just imagine her just being Rubenesque. Can I, can I just celebrate the character of Joy while you sort of leer I'm over totally her? I'm celebrating her. I said that, you know, she, Venus de Milo, that's hardly an insult. No, that's, that's fair enough. Well, no, we, do, we do love Joy a lot. But I don't know. I was always told that the best form of parenting is just to be an okay parent, not to be the best, not to be the worst. Because if you're the best, you don't teach them independence. If you're the worst, then you know, the, you can create all sorts of issues. And I think I failed 
daily as a parent, but I try my best. Brian certainly and Jennifer have created some issues there. But but then what happened with Alice once she left for university? You know, it, there was a change at, at that point. What do you think, Royville? You, I mean, presumably from what you've said so far, you agree Brian is very much culpable. Oh, absolutely. And there will be another call which we'll talk about this later on. Brian is a functioning alcoholic, isn't he? You know, if we think back to all the scenes So many of Brian's social scenes are him just having a whiskey, having a this, having a that, you know. And and remember, it was really telling that he has a bottle in his drawer in his office. Oh, I don't think he's an alcoholic. I really don't. I think he's just old school where you you have the bottle there for a a celebration or a, a, a quick drink. But well, I don't I, think he's you know, an alcoholic. You know what? You know that that could well be a fair comment. Could well be a fair comment. And the phrase functioning alcoholic is somewhat of an elastic one. Let's put it this way. Brian has a relationship with alcohol, which, as you've just said, is somewhat old school. So he uses alcohol to seal a deal. He uses alcohol to lubricate negotiations before a deal is is struck. He uses alcohol as as a pick-me-up at the end of a work day. He uses he uses alcohol in literally all of his social forward slash professional circumstances. So it makes sense that Brian was somewhat bemused when Emma turns up and shouts and says, you know, your daughter is an alcoholic, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. He can't get his head round it. Because as far as he's concerned, alcohol is so ubiquitous as to be invisible. But I think there's a big difference between Brian's drinking and Alice's drinking. We've never heard Brian make a bad decision because he's been drinking. He's never drunk so much. We we genuinely don't know that, though, Philippa. Brian has made many bad decisions. Siobhan would would, would be one of them. Yes, but not as a result of of alcohol. I just think it shows... I genuinely cannot remember how... He and Siobhan got together. Cannot remember. I know that Siobhan came in, she's married to the doctor, and then her and Brian ended up having a thing, and there's a big reveal. You didn't know that she, when she was pregnant, you didn't know that Brian actually was the baby's father. There, there was a big reveal. That much I do remember. But we don't know how, how they met. I'm guessing and this is a pure guess, and Cosmo, Cosmo, need you here, Cosmo. I'm sure Cosmo will remember. And I'm almost certain it's going to be some level of a social setting. It was. It's not going to be they just bumped into each other in the village. I'm betting, right, it was soiree, and then they've uh, part- partnered up. So, And I'm sure alcohol would have been an element of that. But I do defer to you to a degree, but I think I've painted a compelling picture of how, in most situations, Brian has alcohol as a as an aid. But I think you look at the family, that family unit, and the the okay, the use of alcohol that Brian and Jennifer have, uh, frequent use. But I, I again say I don't think he's he's an alcoholic. And then you look at the children in that family that have all been exposed to the same sort of celebrations and drinking of alcohol, and it shows that 
two people might drink similar amounts at some times, but one is an addict and one isn't. So one can not have a drink and not give it any thought, and the other has to have that drink. And for me, that's the difference. Hmm. So I probably was a little bit harsh about Brian, but I think we have to understand the role that alcohol plays, at least within the, the Aldridge family. And as, and as you rightly pointed out, it's not as if all of them alcoholics, but Alice has a disease. She's susceptible, wasn't mm. she? So yeah. her being in this environment is impacted heavily on her. And it's not, and then allied with this is also her sense of self-worth or lack of sense of self-worth. Yes. Uh, you know, so it's been a potent mix, really. But Jane, thanking you for that. Now, new caller in Love me a new caller in It's Ian. Hello there, it's Ian Bullock calling from Norwich in beautiful Norfolk, my first time as a caller in Just wanted to pick up on the recent discussion regarding is the Isle of Wight always a place where bad things happen to the characters? Throughout my life, and I'm almost 58 now, I always fancied getting into the archers, but it never really happened. I never quite found the right moment. And that's when the dreaded Isle of Wight comes in. Two years ago, my wife and I travelled to the Isle of Wight for the weekend to attend a friend's 60th birthday garden party. Unfortunately, within less than an hour of us getting there, before I'd even gobbled my first volivant from the buffet, my wife stood up from a garden bench, lost her footing and fell awkwardly onto the lawn. In excruciating pain, we dialed 999, she was taken by ambulance to St Mary's Hospital at Newport and found that she'd broken the neck of her left femur. Well, to cut a long and distressing story short, Julie had to undergo surgery to repair her hip and stayed in hospital for 10 days. While on the Isle of Wight, I spent much time in the car driving to hospital for visiting hours, and that's when I heard the archers come on Radio 4. This, I decided, would be my ideal chance to become a new listener and really get into it. Two years of Zimmer frames, crutches, walking sticks, physiotherapy and hydrotherapy later, my wife is still affected by her broken femur and a nasty experience. So the moral of this story is that while bad things do happen to people on the Isle of Wight, some good can come out of it too. If it hadn't been for her disastrous tumble and the Isle of Wight curse, I wouldn't be a fan of the Archers or even a Dumpty Dum listener. So, sending best wishes to Dumpty Dummers around the world, this is Ian Bullock in Norwich. Ian, that was absolutely fantastic. Yes, I love that. The the Isle of Wight curse led to you listening to the Archers and Dumpty Dum. What, what a story. When, when you have lemon, lemons, you... It's fantastic that his wife broke a, a femur. No, I'm not saying it's fantastic. I'm saying his call was fantastic. I was just going to say oh, before okay. you interrupted me that he, out of lemons, he's made lemonade. And I was also going to say that I think the Archers is a comfort to so many of us. So when you're going through difficult times, as poor Ian was driving, and of course his wife, it sounds terrible, he had the comfort of the Archers. And what's even more comforting is that Kerry Davis has, has said on Twitter he's been asked to start writing five episodes a week. So I think that is great news. Anyway, Royfield, does does Ian need to call in again for a particular reason? Does he need to fulfil the first caller in a criteria? Well, it was such a wonderful call. I'm going to let it pass this time. But 
Ian, you did fundamentally let the side down. You're supposed to tell us what your vintage is and also what you do for a living. And however, it's such a wonderful call. I'll let it slide just this once. And I don't want partners all over the land to have broken femurs as a way of us recruiting new listeners. <laughs> You know, that would be somewhat extreme. <laughs> right. We don't want to be there so, with a hammer creating all these problems <laughs> and then advertising exactly. in casualty. Yeah, you know, that 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 would be uh, somewhat extreme. But welcome, sir. Welcome to, to the bosom of our wonderful community. We embrace mm. you. And um, I hope Mrs. Bullock is uh, recovering. I hope she's steady on her pins, sir. So uh, send her our best wishes. Right now. This is an international show. We have listeners from all over. Upper, lower, east, west side. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, everyone in Dumpty Dum Towers and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I was talking to a few of my Dumpty Dum friends about the American television show Pose, about a group of LGBT people of color in New York City in the 1980s and 90s. I learned it's available in the UK as well. In America, we're now in its third and final series. Coincidentally, a recent very powerful episode entitled Intervention focused on the increasing alcohol abuse and downward spiral of the character Pray Tell. His friends stage an intervention, and each writes a letter to him that they read. We see their anger, upset, and most importantly, love, as well as the setting of limits, including his boyfriend leaving him because he wouldn't agree to go to rehab. Spoiler alert. In a very touching scene at the end of the episode, he does go, and his closest friend drops him off. At the height of his ambivalence about accepting help, Praytel utters the following line, which I will remember when I'm working with addicts. I drink because I hate myself, and I hate myself because I drink. And that sentence, while not precisely uttered by Alice, are words that she's been thinking. I do feel sorry for her, and I do feel sorry for Chris, but at this point, and from what we've all heard, he hasn't done enough to help his wife and the mother of his child. His going to his parents feels more like an abandonment, and a permanent one at that. Meanwhile, don't get me started on Brian. Unlike Quentin, I find the man very dislikable. Last week, I noted that Brian had to step up to the plate, realize what's going on with his daughter, and help her. So far, it feels like he swung and missed twice and is down to his last strike. I hope we, the listeners, will eventually hear both sides of the family and friends staging an intervention on Alice. Talk to you soon. With a spoon, that, that was incredible. And yes, the serious pose is so... So good. Yeah, we're on series two at, at the moment in, in the UK. And to hear that phrase, I drink because I hate myself and I hate myself because I drink. I think that just shows the spiral of addiction and how it does take a considerable intervention to extract you out of that or help to extract you out of that. So, yeah, that that's a really good point. OK, let, let's talk about about. Brian, you were right with a spoon because last week you said, would Brian avoid the hard work of being a parent? I think we saw that quite a bit this week, but I'm afraid I'm going to defend Brian. I can't believe this. I know everyone's going to shout at me. Now, first of all, let me say, 
if he was in my family, I would hate him. He is hopeless. He's no good. He's caused all sorts of problems. But as a character in The Archers, I just, he's there for almost comedy. You know, when he was eating the pork and coleslaw at the beginning and saying, you know, if there's one thing I can rely on, it's that Alice only gets stronger under pressure. It's just, it's just so awful in what he was saying. I I just took it as a as a lighter moment, and I know people will will throw things at me. And I, as I say, I'd hate it if he was in my family. But this, you know, eating the leftover buffet was for me a moment of of humour. Certainly compared to how Brian was later on in the week. I, I don't know, Royfield. Have have you watched Pose? I did. I watched season one. What Quite did you liked think? It. Quite liked it, quite liked it. And uh, the LGBTQI community's goings on in New York in the 1980s, it's not a topic which I'm that familiar with, you know. So it's uh, a real eye-opener. I kind of love when I come by a bit of drama and just lifts the lid on a world which I, I didn't really know before. You know, and mm. uh, that's definitely, definitely that. Didn't realise there was another two seasons. Do, do you have the series in the States, It's a Sin? Because that's been over here in the UK and it's been absolutely incredible. set in the 1980s and to the backdrop yeah. of Thatcher? And yes, I believe it was on Amazon over here. Yeah, I, I watched it. It was great. Amazing. It's Amazing! I cried so many tears in that in that series. It's mm. uh, it's about the AIDS crisis. It's yeah, ex- yeah, extraordinary. But yeah, poses poses brilliant too. But yeah, go on, Royfield. Tell me I'm wrong about Brian. I'm I'm happy to take the flack. No, you're not wrong about Brian. He's a great character, less so as a parent. And in your previous answer, you said Brian was old school regarding his attitude to alcohol. Brian is old school regarding mm. his attitude to parenting. However, to slightly, slightly give him his due, him pushing little Martha in the stroller the other day or offering to. No, wait a minute. It's off mic. It wasn't Martha. It was uh, Xander. Sorry, I'll come back. No, it was it was Martha no. because he, he, got, he couldn't cope with all the stuff that Alice had packed for him. But... But he, he did push Zander. He took Zander out about two, three months ago. So it couldn't have been Martha. It was Martha what, because what I'm referring to. she didn't hear Adam go past in his tractor. And we were all saying, is that because she's deaf from fetal alcoholism? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Anyway. Anyway, okay. So, but my point is actually being made then. Whether it was Xander or Martha, right, he's taken two of his uh, grandchildren out on walks relatively recently and brian when he when he was in the position to be a parent as parent of small children wasn't doing things like that so as far as brian's concerned he's somewhat uh, a new grandfather (laughs) and he would say that he's kind of leaning in in a way that he never did when his children were that age that's to give him a little tiny weeny bit of credit but the environment that Kate, Alice, etc., grew up in. You know, you can't you can't say it's been toxic. That'd be a gross over exaggeration. But they have seen numerous affairs, and then their mother cope with it. They have. It was a household of which to soothe over any ill. Both parents, but Brian more so, resorted to alcohol as some kind of elixir. You know, not not to get blotto, admittedly, but but it was kind of there. In his world, parenting, the hard work of parenting was always done by the mother. It was his job to provide the money. That's kind of it type of thing. Yeah, he's old school. You, you've nailed it beforehand. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting one, and I know he drives people up the wall, but I think he's an important part of the fabric of Ambridge, and he's a good balance against Jenny, who um, can be a little bit trembly at times, and and he's sort of the, the the voice that compares against hers, lower, slower, and and they just they make a good pair, and yes, he's put his family through all sorts of things, but I would say they love each other, and okay, we're seeing this terrible time with Alice but at the heart of of the Aldridge family I would say there is love hmm hmm I, I they they're definitely the most out of the three main scions of the archers because the Aldridges are archers because uh, Jennifer is an archer so at the three farms they're definitely the most fractious. The siblings are, they're the most fractious the mo- and the most dysfunctional. And now it's time, time, time to move on. It's Ali from Washington, D.C. Hi, all in Dumpty Dum Land. It is Ali. Today is Monday, so it's a little early in the week. And I was incredibly frustrated by today's episode. It seems like everybody is still still not realizing that denial is a a river in Egypt, but it reminded me of a continuing legal education video I watched a couple of years ago about functional alcoholics in the workplace and how they're so difficult to deal with, so difficult to bring through treatment. 
and it's because our perception of them is that they're functional. And Alice is obviously no longer functional, but everyone around her still has that per- perception, with the exception of maybe Chris. And I don't think he's been given the proper tools to deal with it, which is incredibly unfortunate. But as frustrating as the storyline is, I think the scriptwriters are doing a plausible job that still seems kind of unbelievable to me. But I think that it is what may happen if this was in the real world. Because she was a functional alcoholic for years, perhaps. And then this is the slow head it's coming to. Hi, it is Allie popping back in with a plot prediction observation of sorts. The inserts that they added to to Thursday's episode, I believe it was, telling folks that, that of where they could get for help if the if the storyline had affected them. It reminded me that we didn't get, and I might be wrong about this, but we didn't get the if this storyline has affected you type message during the slavery storyline until towards the end of that storyline. So I'm wondering if we are sort of seeing at least a momentary resolution to Alice's story. I I think that if I'm right, it's very much momentary. But sorry for the two call-ins this week out. That was lovely. Thank you so much. And we love two calls in. That's absolutely fine. So is Alice functional? The scriptwriter's doing a plausible job? Yes. I I think I learned so much last week from all that the Dum De Dum community had to say. They really educated me on this about how it's the, the key words are sort of denial and deception as well, deceiving everyone. And, and I think we've still seen that this week. It was very much the case. Alice denying it to herself and, and to her family what, what was going on. It was interesting. My mother said that she thinks Alice needs to sound more drunk, that she sounds too sober. There's not enough slurring. But I said, well, that's, again, part of uh, leading us this merry tale. Not now, but obviously earlier on. Is you know, is she drinking? What's going on? And then you hear the bottles clinking and, and you know what, what's happened. And yes, you're right. We had the announcements at the end of Thursday in the omnibus about where to to get help. And I wondered if the Archers team had actually heard us saying that there was no help signposted and they need to get on on with it. And I think it's a shame because for Alice and for anyone going through this, whether it's a physical or mental problem, you know, to get help as early as possible is so important. So I I think it's a shame that the signposting happened now and, and, and not earlier on. But... Can I just put out a big shout out to the Vince and, and Rex show? I just <laughs> just love that. And it was a coupling that kind of came out of nowhere for me. Just like we all love a bit of joy. I think we all love a little bit of, of Vince. And yeah, just them pair chatting and Vince wanting to roll his sleeves up and help help <laughs> Rex was just nice. Yeah. Although we we didn't hear Rex transporting the pigs, which I thought was a shame. I wondered if he gave them sort of like a taxi ride, an Uber ride, and the pigs then had to give Rex a, a rating as the driver. You know, Stop he was it. very punctual. Nice journey, Stop not enough it. conversation, no snacks. This was a good week for Rex. He had a certain amount of mic time and also loved his joshing of Josh. 
But good week for X. Good week for X. Yes, we had nice Rex this week, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we have another caller in, and it's Sue. Hello, it's Sue. Green old chart here. I just really wanted to say that there was a very short period of time when I felt sorry for Brian when Kate turned up and started bullying about the state of the kitchen and started cooking him soup. And then, as she so rightly said, it was his own fault because he poisoned the am. So, you know, my sympathy was then somewhat curtailed. And it's going to be really horrible around there if he eats all that soup with Jerusalem artichokes in. So I hope he's ready to open all the windows. Have a lovely week. <laughs> so that's great. Yes, for a short time you were sorry for Brian. And what is it with soup in Ambridge? Is that the only meal that that they can have? Is no one allowed solids? Have they not had that that lesson in home economics in Ambridge yet that you can actually have have solids e- even if you're not having a buffet prepared by Jennifer? I don't know. It all seemed quite strange. But what really intrigued me, Brian at one point said to Jennifer, "We do have forms sweeping in and interfering in our children's lives, and not always successfully." But okay, it's great for him to acknowledge that. But what? Which child was he talking about, Royfield? Who would you? say have they actually swept in and interfered unsuccessfully apart from all of them but were there specific examples like that apart from all of them (laughs) like that little (laughs) caveat well kate was an unruly teenager and there was there was all manner of license given to kate and she was getting when she she was getting into scrape after scrape in in the Mm -hmm. 90s as i seem to remember i don't really remember alice being a child or a teenager i don't remember for me, it seemed to go from Kate being troublesome, getting pregnant, going to festivals, uh, drinking underage, through to a fallow period. Adam comes back from from Africa, and then Alice goes off to university. I, I just don't, don't remember Alice being a wayward kid and them having to intervene. But in terms of Kate, oh my gosh, yes, yes, they did try to, but were just. Uh, no good. Utterly no good. She just rang rings, rings around them. Yes, I suppose I didn't really see that as interfering. I just saw that as unable to interfere and actually do anything. Maybe that's what, what they were referring to. It just that, that sentence just sort of jarred with me a little bit and I mm. couldn't think of anything specific where they, where they had but, said to each other, right, we're, we're getting involved here. Well said, Hugh. That's, that's the end of the quarter rooms, I'm afraid. Oof, we, had, we had quite a few. We did. It was wonderful. I'm so pleased. Thank you so much, everybody. Please keep them coming. The more the merrier. But we have some emails as well. The first email is from Annie. And poor Annie had some problems sending an email in. If you go to the website, it actually looks like a contact form. So if you if you do that. But um, Annie, you, you've got the email to me and I'm very grateful. And Annie says this. Hi, Philippa. My comments are, I think that Mia will indeed get her heart broken. I think that Fallon will sort of forgive Alice, but will never totally trust her again. Emma's anger will run unto the fourth generation and her great, great grandchildren shall know of Alice's sins. I think that Alice will get her stuff together and do what Jennifer told her to do and Rory suggested and fight for Martha. I'm not sure that Alice and Christopher will get back together again. Too much has happened. I'm also waiting with excited anticipation for Alice to accuse Emma of making eyes at Christopher. It's about time that Ambridge got a touch of incest into its genetic mix. And after all, she's accused every village man of fancying her. The next step is surely for her man to fancy someone else. 
thanks enormously, Annie. Well, please, please no incest. I'm finding it hard to cope with the alcohol situation with Alice. So incest, no, please not. But yes, what's going to happen next to Alice? I I fear that she's not going to be allowed access to Martha and this sort of the way it this week's ended with her wanting to see Martha and hold her and get that connection back with, with both Martha and Chris. I, I don't see that being an, an easy thing to happen. I don't know, Royfield, do you, are you wary of how it's going to be? I, I can't see how she can go any, she can fall any further now. So with that in mind, uh, that gives me some level of uh, of peace of mind. So I think this is this is rock bottom. What I think is really important is that Jennifer is there, and Jennifer can see the situation for what it is. And when Jennifer went round, remember Jennifer knew that she'd been drinking. So even if Jennifer had any doubt about what the rumours were, mm-hmm. she knows them to be true. And one thing, we like you said, Jennifer was a little bit wobbly before. And I did gasp. I was like, oh, you know, but it's kind of off mic because I kind of massively disagree. I think she's... She's a, tremulous, she, I would say. Tremulous, she's- tremulous, tremulous. Well, I think I know what that word means, but it's not positive. But she's and, like, oh, 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 Alice. But, yeah, she's at yeah, a nervous but think, position. But I think everyone can be shocked or worried when they hear that their youngest child is an alcoholic. And- of course, yes, but she's, she's like that, you know, if the, the theme of the buffet isn't going according to plan. That, that is part of, of Jennifer's makeup, I would say, not but, just... But on the buffet, she then acquiesced and let the, the faces on the... Was it macaroons or whatever the heck it was? I can't remember. Faces on the cakes The go. party favours. Yeah, she, she, she let that go. Right. And she sat down with Susan and they they literally broke bread over it and came to an accommodation. And yeah. where is she right now? Round yeah. at Alice's I helping her daughter. I was just comparing daughter. the voices of Jennifer and Brian and how they're, they're a good balance because they are so different. That that was all but I thought Anna's email was spot on and I've got there are more emails which are fantastic so Pat our very own Pat Brown she she says as well I've been beaten by the tech involved in recording a message so emailing instead this week the difference between the Carters and the Aldridges was more marked than ever Susan and Neil are so loving and comforting and concerned about Martha Aldridges are more concerned with what people are saying Jenny was better once she knew the reality of Alice's alcoholism. But Brian, I was hoping the scene where Jenny and Susan bonded over the grotesque biscuits was a sign of good things to come. But I fear Jenny's demands for Alice to see Martha won't be met with sympathy and there will be a right old punch up, hopefully only verbally. Lovely cameo from Rory. He shows more understanding than the rest of the Aldridge clan put together. No wonder he's friends with Ben. They share being the only decent members of their respective families. Thank goodness for wonderful joy. More of her, please. And Vince, is he going to make pig noises every week? They are great at cheering us up after all the depressing stuff. Love to everyone, Pat. That's wonderful, Pat. Thank you so much. Yes, I was wondering about the recurring Vince uh, pig impression too. Quite quite strange, but never mind. I was wondering at one point if Jennifer was going to stage a Doc Cotton and sort of lock Alice in her bedroom 
sorry, Doc Cotton from EastEnders, I should say. And yeah, lock, lock Alice in her bedroom because she thinks that that will help sort out the the addiction. And I, I know when I was doing A-levels, we were always told to compare and contrast. And that's what we're, we're doing at the moment with Carters and, and the Aldridges as well, comparing and contrasting those two very different families and, and how they've coped with it. There we go. We've got another email. Ooh. Oh, we've got two more emails, actually. I'm getting carried away with myself. So we've got the lovely Lillian has emailed in. Thanks, Lillian. You're a star. Hello, Philip, Rosie and Quentin. I am in a WhatsApp group called Sunday Archers, where we discuss the events of the omnibus after members have had a chance to listen to it. Hence the name Sunday Archers. One of our members recently suggested that following Mia's very obvious crush on Rory, that Mia might end up pregnant and that this would put the cat amongst the pigeons with Jenny and Brian and also with Will. Obviously, this will presumably have to happen when Mia turns 16, since otherwise there'd be other issues that would come into play. And I'm not sure when Mia's 16th birthday would be, but I just thought I'd put it out there. Best wishes, Lillian. Gosh, I... I hope Mia doesn't go down that role. I like that the part of this sort of eco-warrior, the vegan, the the one sort of giving us a different aspect on Ambridge. Uh, and I hope she doesn't get pregnant. I've, yeah, it'd be nice to see someone succeeding without having to have a child or settle down or anything like that. And Lillian, I love the idea of your WhatsApp group. It sounds wonderful. And I wonder how many archers... WhatsApp groups there are in the world. I guess in some ways we don't need it because we've got dum de dum. But Royfield, don't you still look forward to hearing the, the lovely caller inners and just hearing what people think about each week? Absolutely, because otherwise it'd just be me talking about Marvel superheroes, what I watched on Netflix, and then throwing in a little bit of uh, commentary about California. You know, whilst I talk about the Archers, you know, they actually do keep us honest <laughs> and keep us on track, don't they? They do. I don't mind talking about Marvel. I thought you were going to talk about Clubhouse again. So anyway, I'll, I'll move on. Move on. Brilliant, Lillian. Thank you. Um, now we've got an email from Lucy. And Lucy says, the subject is what's going on. I think Fallon might eventually forgive Alice, but Emma will be resolute in her anger. I'm hoping that Russ gets a good telling off by Elizabeth for being an ass. I'm looking forward to the day I don't get Rory and Freddie mixed up, thinking Mia will get her heart broken. Yes, I hope Russ gets his comeuppance. But again, he drives me do lally, but I enjoy having him there as a different character and someone to sort of, you know, despise really. And he does seem to be getting worse. I really hope Lily sees him for what for what he is. And Mia getting her heart broken. Well, didn't we all get our heart broken at, at 16? Royfield, did, did you get your heart broken at 16? Oh, gosh, yes. But let but that, let's leave that for another dum de dum, because yes, the answer is yes, and I still I'm still in recovery mode. Oh, bless Philippa Philippa Hall. Now yes. we can do that funny bit, aren't we? Right. So I'm braced for the funny bit. <laughs> so this is slightly different this time. This is going back to the guess the newspaper. So I'm going to give you three headlines and you have to guess which was from which newspaper. And you have to choose from The Guardian, The Express and The Telegraph. So the first headline is Ben Archer makes history as life-changing secret rocks Ambridge. OK. Was yeah. that The Guardian, The Express or The Telegraph? Rocks is not a Guardian. 
so this is not a Guardian headline. The Telegraph and the Who? Express. Express. Very good. Very good. Well done. Okay, next headline. The Archers. So much more than an everyday tale of country folk. Mm-hmm. And shall I give you the last headline as well, and then you can choose which is the Guardian and which is the Telegraph. The last headline yes, is, we're listening to a radio soap opera renaissance, and it's long overdue. So one right, was the Guardian, gonna, one was the Telegraph. I'm going to go, this is, this is finally balanced now. My gut, because I think I remember the headline, is that the, the, the first one out of the two is The Guardian, which means that the last one is The Telegraph. That's my gut, because I think I remember the headline. Very clever. I'm bowing to you in your knowledge. Well done. Boom. Old Boom. Star. Woohoo. Three for three. <laughs> Mr. Brown. <laughs> right, folks, this has been your dum dum and when I say you're dum-de-dum, that's because without you, the caller in, or without you, the listeners, there is no show. It is, this is held in trust by us, us people on mic, but it's your show. You can participate in this wonderful world by going on to dumdedum.com where you can comment on past shows. You can also go on to YouTube even and subscribe to the channel and you can watch all the Zoom interviews we've done with actors of The Archers. And basically, we need you to be part of our wonderful community. So dumdedum.com is a great launching point for all of that. Now, if you want to basically support us here at Dumdedum, you can go to Patreon. And for $2 per show, you can make sure that the wheels keep a turning here on the good bus Dumdedum. So it's $2 per show. So go on to patreon.com and support us. Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on dumdydum.com, the website, or you can leave a WhatsApp voice note or text message to 079 571 67696, which has the plus 44 at the beginning if you're outside the UK. Please keep the voice note to less than two minutes. Thanks to our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Lucy V. Freeman. This podcast was born out of Twitter. You can find the team on Twitter at dumdydum. Quick book reviews. How can people find you on Twitter? Oh, yes. Thank you. If you uh, go to at, at uh, Reviews, but instead of a W, it's a three. Just look for the delightful orange picture of me reading a book. And remember, when tweeting about the Archers, please use the capitalised hashtag of the Archers, capital T, capital A, as this helps visually impaired people who use screen readers. Without the capitals, it is read as a string of gobbledygook. And of course, there is Facebook. So if you like yourself some Facebook, go on to Facebook, type in Dumpty Dum and you can join our crew. And then there is now Clubhouse. We haven't formally done an event on Clubhouse, but we're going to experiment with something soon. So if you like chatting, gabbling, having your say about all things Ambridge, go on to Clubhouse and then find the club Dumpty Dum. Go join that. Now, Mrs. Hall. It's that time where it's uh, play out music. What you got in yes. your locker? Well, 
it would be nice if you could just play some violin music while I tell you this story because I I hate to to admit this, but a couple of weeks whoa, ago. Whoa, whoa, I, whoa, whoa! Do you want some strident Paganini or something? No, this is just background while I tell you this soothing. story. Mournful because it's a very sad okay. story that I All need right. to tell you. Okay. So. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I experienced some bullying and it, it upset me a lot and, and traumatised me a lot. And, and it was on a podcast. I know where this is going already. And I felt so sad. So I found a song that I listened to made me feel just just so much better about the world and about myself and just helped me come to terms with the extraordinary level of, of bullying I, I received. And thank you all for your messages. Was, was, and, it, was it bullying or was it friendly ribbing of somebody who I hold very dear? I was sobbing through the night. No, you weren't. Um, No, you weren't. And this song, this song just pulled me through. It got me through it and it made me feel better about everything. So I'm very grateful for this opportunity of you playing A Little Bit of Love by Tom Grennan. There's a whole load of emotional bullying you've done in reverse to get me to play this Emma what middle of the road track but I'm going to say well played well played Mrs Hall I will play said track right (laughs) Uh, but I'll cut it very soon right and on that note everybody that's been your dum de dum we've talked about Borsitcher it's been a lot of Brian chat hasn't there Mm -hmm. there's Mm. been lots of chats lots of calls in lots of emails it's been fabulous you know what dum de dum is keep it up that's what we say keep it up We'll see you all again in seven days' time. It'll be Quentin, it'll be Rosie, it'll be Philippa. I'll have a break. I'll be back in Blighty, most probably by then. Think, oh, you know what? You know what I haven't done? What? Haven't told my mum I'm coming home. Oh Just going to put my key in the door, open the door. And I'll, Ray Field! <laughs> yes, mum, hello. Anyway, on that note, let, let's play this piece of music. The sooner we play it, the sooner I can fade it out and we can all go about our business. Ta-ra, toodle pip, look after yourselves. Tatty, bye. Take care. I've been holding on to pieces, swimming in the deep end, trying to find my way back to you because I'm needing a little bit of love. Lately I've been counting stars And I'm sorry that I broke your heart It's something that I didn't want for you But I'm stepping on broken glass And I know this is my final choice All I'm trying to do is find my path to you I got voices in my head and there's a definite silence I got voices in my head and I can lie I've been holding on to pieces Swimming in the deep end Trying to find my way back to you Cause I needed a little bit of love A little bit of love I need a little love Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 